they call them Completing disability claim forms and anyone needing a mobile notary. 
Give my admin friend a call at 773-349-2779 or check out our website, www.myadminfriend.com. That's www.myadminfriend.com. All right, welcome to Rodders Live. Today we got a special guest. Um, usually people... They want to send their kids away to college. People want to send their kids off to the military sometime to learn a skill, like if they're a hard case. But they've been taking the trades out of the school, and that's one option that I feel like that young adults should have before they go forward in their life. Because one thing about the trades, if you have a trade, you can make money, and you won't be owing the system or the government back for these detailed loans. So today um, we have Chef Ashley, a.k.a. A-plus. Welcome to the show, Ashley. How you doing? Yes, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show, too. It's a huge honor and a blessing. And also congrats on your success on your podcast and everything. You know, Th and I just wish you, the, uh, you know, more blessings. To come in the future, so I'm very uh, proud of you for that. Thank you, I appreciate that so much. So, yeah, nah, no worries. We got to we got to support each other and stick together more. That's the biggest thing we have to. I agree. So, how did you get into cooking? So, did you go to culinary school right after high school, or did you say, okay, I'm gonna go to college? You know, this ain't for me, or what? Mm -hmm. So, what did so, you do right after high school? So I did, yes, you are right. I did go to culinary school right after high school. So I had went to La Cordon Bleu, Chicago. So okay. I had found out about that school um, through uh, media advertisement. So they showed it a lot on commercials. And I had also looked into other schools. But one thing about La Cordon Bleu, Chicago was you, you get accepted right on the spot. So it's not like when you apply for these other schools that you just have to uh, wait for the application to approve. They, they will accept you right then and there. So I just went on ahead and uh, I went with my parents back in the summer. I'm sorry, back in the spring of 2012. You know, I went there. I met with the enrollment advisor. She was very down to earth and she was very helpful, too. So I took a couple of exams and everything, did well, and I got accepted right on the spot. But I did get accepted to other colleges like Kendall College and the Art Institute of Chicago. And I did enter their best team culinary competition at the Art Institute of Chicago. But I just decided to go ahead to Le Cordon Bleu, a.k.a. the Blue Ribbon. That's what it means in French. So, And I had a good experience. I was there from July of 2012, and I finished up in June of 2013 with my certificate. And then after that, I was just working in many restaurants, too. So that's how, you know, that was what I did right after high school. Oh, that's good. So you got your feet wet right away. So did you, yes. um, were you cooking at home prior to going to um, culinary school? Or you just yes, said, I'm going to try this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was cooking a little bit uh, before I, uh, before, you know, when I was young. So what inspired me was watching my uh, relatives cook. Like, my uh, grandmother would cook, my auntie would cook, and then also I had a, a great uncle that used to cook for a living, too. So I, we pretty, that, I pretty much ran in the family with cooking and things like that. So I used to help my auntie make cornbread muffins, even though I would make a mess, but, you know, I still just had fun. That was what, that, that was what got me interested in it, just the, uh, 
just being around the family and having fun making things too. And then I used to look at the Food Network channel growing up as a kid. And really? then I really took it seriously as a teenager. You know, when me and my mom moved to Indiana back in 2006, you okay. know, I would just, you know, do a little something, rather it was making a salad, rather it was uh, making something out of a box real fast, and then putting my own twist to it. That's what I was doing. So, and then also, too, and I took cooking classes in, a high, in high school, too, and I did well and know in the classes. So that was when I really took it seriously. So what high school did you attend, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, oh, sure, that's fine. So my first year as a freshman, I attended Dunbar Vocational Academy. Oh, okay. Right down 30th and King Drive. I went there just for my freshman year, so I was a mighty woman for a little bit. Okay. And then after that, I had went to uh, Maryville High School from my sophomore year all the way to my senior year, and I finished up in June, in May of 2012. Oh, so okay. I really had a great experience. So I went to two high schools, but I still had a great experience because, you know, it was di it was a different environment. You know, you meet different people and you learn their backgrounds and just make the most of it, too. So I really did, you know, enjoy going to two high schools. Okay, that's good. So mm -hmm. you said you was around you was around the cookers in the house, so they weren't making you bust no suds. They was just like, girl, come <laughs> on, you could go on here and make these corn muffins. Was you making jiffy or was they yeah, making it from scratch or what? A little bit of yes. both. Yes, I grew up off jiffy mix, so I would go on here to get that one what two blocks of jiffy mix. Add that one egg up in there, then add some milk up in there. And then my family was old school. See, my family comes from Birmingham, Alabama, so they bought that. Oh, wow. Yep. That's what's Birmingham. up. <laughs> yes. So they bought that, they, the, uh, the Southern uh, cooking all, all the way up to uh, the north side of, uh, of Chicago. So and then they used uh, oil. Instead of us using a pan cooking spray, they just use regular oil. So that way the corn muffins won't stick. So I started learning how to do that. And then I used to make cakes with my aunt. And I remember when I was a little girl, I would make jello with my grandmother. So I, it's the old school jello. It's like the, the jello that come out of the box. You got to get the hot water. Yeah. And then you got to mix it together. That was when, you know, that, that was when I was exposed to it at a young age. So right. For they, sure, you know, this is something that I would enjoy doing. So they helped, they started you out with something that wasn't flammable first. Exactly right. Got to start. Yes, got to start off small. So that's what they because they feel like cornbread. That's the easiest thing, you know, to make too. So they figured because I was eight years old when I started helping out in the kitchen and things like that. You know so, what? I I never cook cornbread myself. I always get somebody else to make the cornbread, and then, you know, one of the things that I make good is um, dressing. So mm -hmm. if I get somebody to cook the cornbread, you know. I know how to hook up everything else but a dressing, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. I will say my signature dish is baked macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that's the winner there, yes. <laughs> With some sweet potatoes and greens and some uh, turkey, you good. <laughs> Man. So how do... So how is culinary school for um, people that don't know? Do they say, okay, we're going to do Caribbean? Okay, we're going to do pastries. Okay, we're going to do seafood. Okay, mm -hmm. we're going to teach you how to do a steak well done, medium rare. Mm -hmm. how, how do they do it? How do they break it up into increments so you could be a well-rounded chef? Yeah, so what, okay, so when you first enter culinary school, so you do uh, get a syllabus on, on the classes that you will take. 
also, they might have uh, foods one when you learn your knife skills. So you have to learn your knife skills and your mother's sauces first. So you have to know the bachamel sauce. You have to know the hollandaise sauce. You have to know the sauce tomate sauce. And then you have to uh, know the balute sauce. They teach you all of that first. So okay. And once you master that, then that's when you start uh, exploring different uh, origins and uh, cuisines of cooking, too. Like, I had a pastry class. I had a, a Vietnamese class. Um, now, with Caribbean, I think I just had one course of that. And, uh, and, 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 of course, they taught a lot of French cuisine because that's a French school, so they taught that, too. And then, let's see, and, and they taught uh, American-style uh, cooking, too. So that's how they break it down, too. Okay, and then, so basically, from y'all actually cooking, you kind of decide what direction you want to go to in cooking, basically? So, um, so basically, it, it, it depends. I had went there for my certificate. So I guess for the certificate, they're just going to basically teach the basic classes. And right. then they and then they also teach the different origins of cooking too. So I guess once you get your associate's degree, you see, see at the time I went, they didn't have the associate's degree pro program. Okay. So you know, I, I believe with the associate's degree program, it probably wouldn't have been more that you can take. Oh, okay. So, so they yeah, just so basically um, taught you the basics. It, exactly. Yep. Taught, so taught you the basics and different cuisines, and then they have you work with different chefs from around the world too. So they have really? that. That's good. So yep. how was it working with um, different chefs? Did you prefer uh, working with a French chef as opposed to somebody from Spain or Germany mm -hmm. or something like that, Poland, and Irish? Where, yeah, but, where but did you know, you I really didn't have a preference because it was an honor working with a lot of different chefs because, number one, you learn their background. Right. They teach you what they've learned, and they'll pass that on to you. And they also see if you are passionate. That's the biggest thing. Do not do not go to culinary school if you're not passionate because you don't want to waste these chef instructors' times. So you have to know that this is something that you want to do. So I did have, you know, it was a blessing working with uh, different chefs and then learning the different methods and, and then learning their backgrounds, too, because I, I lost count on how many chefs I worked with. But it is a lot of great chefs out here. I've worked with French chefs. I think I worked with, um, with of course, uh, black chefs, white chefs, uh, uh, and Asian chefs, and also other chefs, too, that come from different, uh, you know, parts of the world, too. So, I, so it was a great experience to work with different chefs. So you was basically getting cultured in one place. It, exactly, yes. Okay. Um, I noticed, like, um, I watched the Food Network. I, mm -hmm. They didn't have it when I was growing up. Or maybe I wasn't paying attention to it, but had I been exposed to the Food Network and um, the the Food Channel, I think mm -hmm. I probably would have wound up, you know, exploring a career as a chef because I really like to cook, and mm -hmm. you know I'm passionate about cooking, and you're supposed to taste the food and you gotta put some love in it because it's going into your body. That's it, yes. You yes. know what and that's I'm how saying. you become a, a, a great chef, too. It's okay to make mistakes. You know, you're gonna, I'm sure a lot of chefs have made mistakes. I'm sure Bobby Flay has made mistakes. I'm sure G. Garvin has made mistakes. Rachel Ray and so on has made mistakes. But you have to learn from your mistakes, too. So never be afraid to go in the kitchen, you know, just to make, like, for instance, you may want to make pancakes from scratch. You may want to make a cake from scratch. You may want to make a, a, a medium rare, a medium steak 
you can do that, but don't be afraid to make mistakes. The only thing you can do is learn from your mistakes. And then also to write down as you go, like, should I add uh, about a teaspoon more of salt? Should I add a teaspoon more of uh, pepper? Or should I add less sugar? You know, always keep your notes around too so that way you can know what to do the next time and put those recipes together because you can pub publish a recipe book as well too. Right, so I noticed one thing about the um, the chefs, they getting their money on. They got they got multiple streams of revenue. And then yeah. also, it's not no hating in a chef game. Like mm -hmm. Bobby it's Flay is um, Iron Chef. Then Bobby Flay is um, Chop. Then they got mm -hmm. grocery games. Then they got this. Then they got that. And, you know, they like intertwining and exposing different audiences. Like, I like Hell's Kitchen and MasterChef, too. Oh, yes, definitely. Yes, Gordon Ramsay. Yes, he is a serious guy. Don't don't serve him no undercooked beef wellington. He going to go off on you. <laughs> yeah, it seems like um, Gordon Ramsay, he actually cares. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he does. He does. It seemed like he might be coming off as a jerk, but he be like, yo, how did you do that? Like, man, but... I think he really wants the people to do better. You that's know what it. I'm yes. So and, that, and that's what it boils down to. What I mentioned earlier, you have to have passion for that business. You have to be dedicated to that business. Because if you're not passionate and dedicated, it's going to be hard to to succeed as a chef. Because those are the two uh, traits that you need to become successful. Okay. So. Um... What are some type of restaurants that you worked in? Yeah, so I worked at a lot of restaurants. So the first restaurant I worked at was uh, Sizzling Skillets. That's on the south side of Chicago. Okay. So I actually did my internship there. So it was basically you work at a, you working at a restaurant to uh, get to get your hours and to get your experience. So you have to have that completed so you can graduate. So after I finished up my internship there, I was offered a job there. So I started working there. So shout outs to them for giving me that opportunity. And then, you know, I would definitely recommend that chicken and shrimp Alfredo. Okay. So yeah, that and then also they have jambalaya, they have chicken wraps. They focus mostly on health, on, on uh, healthy food. So they don't sell beef or pork there. They just mostly sell sell chicken and uh, seafood there, which is good. Okay. So, um, are they so, yeah. still in business? Where are they located? So yes, they still in business because I know it's one located on. Um, I want to say the address is 8635 South Cottage Grove. So okay. right off of uh, 87 Cottage Grove. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, shout outs to them. And the chef there, Chef Lamont, very great chef, very humble guy. So he, he's, he, gave, he gave me a chance, you know, when I was still searching for uh, different restaurants to do my internship. He gave me a chance, and I appreciate that to this day. So shout outs to Chef Lamont. Chef Lamont, then, salute. Yes. And then I worked at McCormick and Smick's. So that's a, um, a restaurant that's located on Wacker Drive on the north side of Chicago. So oh, that's I was a, there for a couple of months. So that's a, um, is that a high-end restaurant? It, it is. Okay. So, yeah, so they owned by the Landry's company. So I believe that company still owns Red Lobster, too. Oh, so, okay. yeah, they still, so they kind of cousin companies there. So uh, shout-outs to them as well for giving me a chance. So And then I would check out their coconut shrimp. Re really good. Okay, I love I love seafood. Period. Let's get that yes, established it's, it's right good now. Yes, it's See, I'm a salmon person. I'm a uh, shrimp person. I love lobster tails and crab legs. That's me. Oh wow, that's what's up. I I do too myself. Mm -hmm. I know how to 
make and prepare those dishes as well. I poached the lobster. Yeah, you know. so yeah, they had some uh, excellent food there. And then I worked at Umami Burger. Now that's located at 1480 North Milwaukee Avenue. And there's another location on the West Loop of Chicago. That's right off of Randolph Street. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they have two locations. And they started off in, uh, in California. And then they w eventually worked their way over to uh, Illinois. And they had a location in New York. And they also had a location in Nevada, too. And so, yeah, so they have a few locations there. So I would recommend that their Cali burger. It's really good. So one thing about the burgers there, they, they're very big. So they were made in the house. So we would get the ground chuck, the ground beef chuck, put it through the meat grinder, and then make the uh, burger patties out of it. We did that daily every single day. So and then our buns, I own, I, the company makes our buns, and it has the giant U on the bun. So, and, 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 it's, and they're uh, brioche buns, too. So... So that's really good. And then what comes on that Cali burger is like a Thousand Island dressing. And then you have a, a piece of romaine lettuce. Then you have tomatoes. And then you have two small beef patties. And then once the patties are almost done, you melt some American cheese on that. Put those two together. And then... Yes, and then definitely check out the uh, truffle fries, too. I mean, they, they are really worth trying. So the truffle fries are made out of a uh, Cali fondue sauce, which is basically a cheese sauce. Right. And then we add the uh, truffle sauce in there. And the truffle is very expensive. It comes from mushrooms, too. So that's what makes it pricey. And right. then we also top and then we um, top it off with some uh, chives. And then, and then we use thin, thin cut fries. So it's worth trying that. And then also they have sweet potato fries. They have onion rings. And they have potato cheesy tots there. And it's basically potato tots that stu that's stuffed with cheese. So they have that there. And then we have uh, we have maple bacon fries there, too. So it's basically sweet potato fries that was tossed in maple syrup. And it was tossed in some uh, in uh, Aleppo seasoning. So we had that there. And then also it was uh, bacon that was put on top of the fries. And then we also added chives on there, too. So those are really worth trying. So definitely give your mommy burger a, um, a, a try. I think everybody really will really enjoy it. And then they have a lot of great beverages there. So if you were a beer person, they have great beer there. If you were a wine person, they have great wine there. So shout out to your mommy burger. Man, I want a Umani burger right now. I'm hungrier <laughs> than a hostage. Right. Yes. Yes. And they do. <laughs> and they and you can do uh, get your food delivered from your mommy burger through Uber Eats or what? Postmates. Or they also have Caviar, which is another delivery company, too. And oh, okay. then I worked at this barbecue place called Lily's Q Barbecue. Now, that was located on north on uh, on the north side of uh, North Avenue. Really? And sh yep. Shout out to them as well. So they really have a very great barbecue pulled pork sandwich. And that's stuffed with coleslaw. And you could try it. I would recommend you either try it with a side of Cajun fries, which is regular fries that's mixed with uh, Cajun seasoning. Okay. And... Also, they have mac and cheese there. So their mac and cheese is really good. He makes this uh, cheese sauce on the house every single day. And then also, they use uh, spiral pasta, too, which is really good. Yeah, so the spiral pasta, it holds the cheese. Mm-hmm, it does. And then it gives it a better presentation, too. Yeah, the plating, and the it, plating. Yes, because presentation is everything. Always remember, you eat with your eyes first. That's something to always remember. 
So I shout out to Lily's Q. And then that. I worked at Luminati's Pizzeria. So they have different locations everywhere. And they Luminati's is good. And Luminati's yes. is reasonable. I, I usually go to the one on Lake Street. It's by my mm -hmm. house in uh, oh, yeah. Oak Park. Yes. Because, I mean, like I said, very great people. And the restaurant's been around for years, too. And then I would definitely recommend checking out their Buttercrust Deep Dish Pizza. They make a lot of, they make the uh, deep dish uh, pizza crust, and then they add butter to it. It gives it so much flavor. It is really good. I would recommend it. And then they also, for dessert, if anybody is a sweet person or likes sweets, <laughs> check out their uh, cookie pizza. So it's uh, made out of a, a giant chocolate chip cookie, and then it's topped with vanilla ice cream. You can do uh, chocolate syrup and also whipped cream and a, cher and a cherry. Very really? Good. I would recommend it. Illuminati's. Yeah, Illuminati's. They have that. Man, yeah. I think I'm going to go to Illuminati's after I do a couple of more interviews today. I'm mm -hmm. hungry and a hostage. Yes, yeah. You're going to get full. They'll put it to you that way. That pizza is very good. They, yeah, um, yeah. they have some good tall salads as well. They do, yes. If you check out that Monati salad, I would recommend it. So that comes with the uh, romaine lettuce. Mm -hmm. That came with salami. It came with black olives. It came with bruschetta. bruschetta. That's basically uh, prosciutto. Huh? Oh, bruschetta, yeah. Bruschetta, they got a yes, little with, uh, uh, prosciutto in uh, there, mixed too. Mixed with different seasonings. Mm -hmm. It's very good. And then also, they, they topped it off with blue cheese. And then, let's see. And, I'm, and, and, and then they also had their signature Malnati dress in there, too. So it was basically like a sweet vinaigrette. That's all it was there. So you get so that salad was very popular there. And they also had a house salad, which is really good, too. So that came with um, iceberg lettuce and romaine lettuce. And then we would use, we had tomatoes, cucumbers, and onions. And then we had croutons to go on there. Very good. Okay. And then you can either get that with the house dress, and that's like a balsamic uh, vinaigrette there. And they also have ranch there, anybody likes ranch. And I believe they had Thousand Island dressing. And they also have anybody like blue cheese. Blue I cheese love dressing. blue cheese. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the least favorite dressing I hated making. I don't like blue cheese. I don't like the aftertaste. It's not for me, but I will make it for the customers. Okay. That's yes. what's up. So what's some of the downsides to being a chef? I know, like, if you don't want to work in a restaurant or something, there's other alternatives, like in a food truck. But yes. you do have to have a commercial kitchen for a food truck, if I'm not mistaken, or no? Yes, I believe so. And I believe you have to have a license, too. You definitely have to have a sanitation license. That's what I would recommend. If you're going to uh, do a food truck, make sure you have your credentials. Make sure you have your, uh, your safety sanitation license. So um, make, you have to make sure you get that. And then, too... Um, you have to make sure that your uh, food truck, you know, is up to you code. Have to make sure that it's uh, up up to standards and everything else. Right. Yes. Yeah. Standards yes. definitely matter. And then, yes. And then you have to, and it's all about promotion. You have to put yourself out there. So thankfully, uh, social media is the way that it is now. You can put your, you can advertise it on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Right. Yes, and that's how you get yourself out out there. But yeah, yeah it's more yeah, because because uh, you could go anywhere in the culinary industry. You could go overseas. You could work on a cruise ship, and then also too Disney World. They also look for a lot of chefs too. So if anyone really? is interested in going traveling to Orlando, Florida, going to Disney, you will enjoy it. And you know, I had many coworkers and classmates tell me they went there, enjoyed it. 
And then also, too, you can also have your own catering business on the side, too. So if this yeah. if, if it's just making sandwiches, um, if, it, if it's just making, you know, uh, burritos and things like that, that, that could, yeah, that, that'll put, that you know, take you a long way as well. Right. Like, um, when I was in barber school, you know, you couldn't have all day. Or even when I'm cutting in a shop, you cutting all day. It's a lot of people that have plates, sell meals and all of that. I don't know mm -hmm. if they had a credentials, but initially when they start, the food is really good. And then yeah. after they start making a little money, and I'm just going to speak on African-American people because I didn't experience this with any other culture or ethnicity. Mm -hmm. um, the food start going down, after, you know, the portion size after we start shopping with them. But mm -hmm. you have to appreciate the consumer. That's it, yes. You know, you're going to pay for what you want. If you have stepping and everything, I had this great sandwich with this bomb salad. Mm -hmm. Not everything is just getting skimpy because you want to make a dollar. I don't advise anybody to shortchange their clientele, their fans, or their customers. Because you don't want that to get out like um, with the social media. It's just like word of mouth, magnitude times a thousand. You know, like even with this council co culture that's going on right now, they're trying to shut down everything. But you really want to give the best product as possible in any type of business that you pursue. Yes, I definitely agree because another thing too, your first impression is always your last impression. Always have a mindset, I just want to serve the best food as possible. I want to keep it consistent at all times. I want to keep my clientele the same, everything. You just have to always have that mindset. Right, yeah, and consistency is the key. Huh? Yeah, I said never be afraid to take chances. Yeah, you'll never know. You'll mm -hmm. never know. Like, never know. Um, it's all about doing your research and everything, too. Know what it is you're going to sell to people. And, and know exactly which areas you want to go to. Because I can say the north side of Chicago is always popping. And, of course, um, the uh, south side is starting to, it's, it's popping, too. I see a lot of um, barbecue uh, truck uh, trucks. And I also see a lot of Caribbean food trucks, too. So they really, it, it's, you know, Chicago, it's a, it's a huge metropolitan area. So you really won't have any issues with selling food. It's just all about the areas that you choose to work, work at. But I would definitely recommend the north side. But just got to kind of be careful where you want to park on, on parking, too. Because there might be certain spots that, they, that the city may not allow food trucks to park at. So it's kind of good to kind of figure out exactly where you want to park at. The, the, um, you know, have your business going as well. Right. So what's yeah. some of the um, downsides to being a chef? Okay, so definitely um, the downsides is the long hours. So you might think you're going to work an eight-hour shift. They, that eight hours could easily turn into 12 hours or 14 hours. There was times when I worked seven days straight, and I probably um, did like maybe 10 to uh, 12 hours from open to close. So definitely that. Now, also standing for a long period of time. So I definitely recommend Crocs. Now, Crocs, that's the... And then I would definitely recommend wearing Crocs in the kitchen, too. Uh, you can get Crocs uh, at Shoe Carnival, or you can order them online at Crocs.com. Uh, also get a Dr. Show's uh, foot gel up in there, too. Going to definitely need it. And then also, too, yes. 
and confusion that can that's a downfall in the kitchen too confusion can occur in the kitchen during busy hours so for instance you might have a lot of tickets um you know that you have to take care of with other uh, cooks now if you misplace a ticket now that's causing confusion and now um you're going to be late on that order because uh, most restaurants give you 14 minutes for each ticket so if you lose one ticket then that's going to mess you up and things like that or one of the servers accidentally take a dish to the wrong table that's going to add confusion too so things like that can happen and then also running out of food items it's been times when we've ran out of uh, bread Oh, we ran out of seafood, so no! things can happen. Yeah, so selling out, bad. selling out is actually good. It is and bad, like a gift and a curse, huh? Mm-hmm. It is a gift or a curse, and you know it's either it sells or, or it don't. But definitely, so good to pay attention to your sales too. Know exactly what's selling and know exactly what's not selling, so that way you can order more if you have to. So, yeah, things like that happen, but it's always good to have a plan B. And then also getting burned and cut in the kitchen. That's ha- that, that can happen. I have so oh, many burns man, on I my hate arms. Burns. No. I, I hate it too. So that's why it's good to keep some near, Neurosporpin and also cocoa butter. You definitely need that. And you will get cut. I mean, I've, I've been cut badly in the kitchen before. It's not a, it's not a pretty sight. I got cut one time taking a knife out of the sink just to wash it. I'm like, dang, I see blood everywhere. So I had to stop what I was doing. And, and the key is to run your hand under cold water when that happens. Okay. Get some paper towel to put pressure on it. Right. And once, the, once you put enough pressure on it, you want to um, get get the Band-Aid, get a finger clot, a finger cut. That's basically a, um, a rubber, uh, a piece of a rubber glove that go over your uh your finger if you need it. And then right. get a pair of gloves on. And then the worst cut I ever got I really thought I was going to need stitches. It was when I got cut on a tomato slicer. So oh, I was wow. Yeah, that was terrible. Goodness. I still got that mark on my thumb to this day. So uh, I was picking up a, um, the tomato slicer to cut some, um, some tomatoes, and then I didn't know the blade was exposed. So I went to pick it up, and, man, I was cut. And I'm like, dang, this is bad. So I told the chef what happened. I just said I need a minute to kind of stop the bleeding. You know, because I, I, it was really that bad. I thought I was going to need stitches, so I had to, you know, sit down for a little bit, you know, uh, drink, uh, drink, drink some soda, so that way I wasn't, because I'm a small person, so if you lose a lot of blood, you start to feel disorientated. So I had to make sure that I, you know, had something to drink with me, still putting pressure and everything. So once I was able to uh, get, you know, get the bleeding under control, you know, I wrapped it up and got back up in the kitchen. I wasn't going to let a cut stop me. So, yeah, it's all about resiliency, too, in the kitchen. You know, don't let nothing stop you. And then just try to protect yourself as much as possible. If you're going to pick up something sharp, make sure you're just paying attention to everything. Don't ever leave knives in the sink. Don't ever try to catch a fallen knife. And then when you cut, always use the claw. So, basically, the claw means you're just tucking your fingers back and you're going on ahead and cut. So, if you can use those methods, that, that will prevent a cut. And okay. then also, too, um, you might have a small staff. And the cooks want to, and then some of your cooks want to call off at the last minute. Now you was, now you like, wow, I, I expected to have a fry cook. I expected to have a grill cook, a broiler cook, a, a, a pantry cook. They called off on you. So now what you do, you're going to have to hustle hard now because it's wow. like, you know, if, if it's customers, there's money. So it's like you got to have a plan B if that happens. And then also, too, when your business, when business is slow, then that's when, you, when, when, they, when your hours will get cut. Because when I started off this uh, being a cook, you know, I really wasn't, you know, you're really not making that much money. You're just working your way up in the industry. 
Right. Sometimes when, you know, you would have a, a, probably a $300 check, $400 check, and now you have to figure out how to stretch that out into two weeks. So that's a downfall. Definitely if it's slow. And then mostly the slow days is from Mondays through Thursdays. Um, those are the slow days in the restaurant industry, but definitely Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is money-making days. All day long is money-making days. Okay. And then, too, which you have uh, delivery options now, that's what makes your business, too. So, yeah, so it happens. Sometimes you lose your hours if it's slow, and then sometimes you can keep your hours if it's still busy. And then it's like they are always in the kitchen. If it's no customers, it's no money. So you, the customers is our money-makers. Right. Yeah, also, too, basically, and then also missing family events, too. You know, you, uh, you might want to go to uh, your grandmother's house for a birthday celebration. You might not be able to do that because you have to be in that kitchen at a certain time. And you might have to stay there at a certain time, too. So it's like you're going to sacrifice missing some certain times with your families. The only time you might see them is on Christmas or Thanksgiving if the restaurants is closed. But definitely you're going to miss, and I miss out on a lot of birthdays and everything else. But, you know, that's that's the life of being a chef. It's like, you're gonna, you're gonna. It's like being married to the uh, kitchen. You're gonna always be there and things like that. You're gonna be committed to that, to the kitchen and everything. So definitely, that's it, it, that. That's a tough part of it. So like being a chef, um, is it like being in the military? Almost like relationships don't go so well because you hardly ever home, or mm -hmm. you don't, you're not able to, you know, spend time with your partner as much. As they yes, might like it, it or can, something. Yes, it can cause strains, uh, strains on a relationship. But thankfully, when I was dating at that time, you know, right. I was with somebody that kind of understood how everything works. But it can cause a strain. If you're married, you're not going to really have time at times to be with, be at home with your family because it's like it's busy. You know, you might work. You think you're going to work an eight-hour shift, but it turns to a ten or twelve-hour shift. So yeah, sometimes that could be hard too. You know, you got some chefs. They they marriages work, some fail. Some of them have kids and some don't because of the, uh, you know, the, the industry. So it, it's really tough, too. So that's why it's like you have to really think, could I do this? Can I sacrifice time away from my family if, if needed for this career? So I, I definitely would recommend, you know, uh, working in the kitchen at a young age. And then maybe, you know, within, when you, you know, the uh, longer you probably work in the kitchen, you might have more stability then. But it is going to be hard the first couple of years because it's like you're still getting your foot in the door. And your schedule could change at any time, too. You might work the morning shift, okay, and then one minute you work the night shift. So it can cause a strain. So you definitely, I would recommend just be, being with someone that's understanding of the situation. And sometimes cook might, cooks might date other cooks. Sometimes chefs might date other chefs because of the understanding there, too. Right, yeah. Understanding is, is the best thing you can have in any type of relationship. Yeah, that's all it is. Understand it because it's tough, though. Because like I said, it's gonna be. You might decide you want to you want to go out to dinner. You and your uh, your partner, and then that might have to be postponed because you know you had to close the kitchen all of a sudden, or it's like the place that you was gonna go to closed. So you know that's why. And then sometimes you might have to work your off days. There's been times when I worked on my off days and everything. I hated it, but I didn't have no other choice because your staff is so short and things like that. So, yeah, you definitely will miss some family time. So that's why you just have to ask yourself, is this something I can really do? Right. Have you ever been in any cooking, in any cooking competitions or have you ever thought about going on, like, Chopped or something like that? 
So I had been in the cooking competition. This okay. is actually when I was still in high school. So I had entered the best teen chef competition. Right. Now, I did that at the Art Institute of Chicago, a school that I did get accepted to, and they did offer me that opportunity. Right. So I did it. I was very excited about it. I had my cooking gear and everything, and I have the picture somewhere, too. But I was very excited that day. So me and my mom lived in Indiana that at that time. So we went from Indiana to Chicago, downtown Chicago to be there. I was a little late, but that didn't stop me because uh, one of the um, the uh, advisors said, oh, you were supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. And I just said, I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to still do my thing in that kitchen. That's it. So, okay. Right. So don't judge me. I'm going to handle nah, this business. Is that, don't judge me. Things happen. You know, things like that. So, I mean, before the cooking competition starts, it's timed. Everything is timed in the cooking competition. They might give you a, a 30 minutes to an hour. It depends. Because doing okay, because when I did the competition, the first thing they had to do was prep everything. You just basically uh, cutting up your herbs, cutting up your vegetables, um, seasoning your meats and things like that. They have you do that. Right. And after that, that's when it's time for showtime. So they gave, they give you a couple of dishes they want you to execute and and then just see how well you do it. So they look in that taste. They look in that presentation and they looking at how well the dish was executed too. So they look at those three things. So they give you time. So I, I think for that competition, it was fun. I think I came in last place, but that was all good. So sometimes you just have to lose in order to win at times. Yeah, so, I, I'm a firm yeah. believer in that. You'll never yeah. be a good winner until you learn how to, to be a good loser because you, you got it's value in the lessons. Yes, it, it is. Yes, it, it is. It, it happens too. So, yeah, and I had a lot of family support. My mom and dad and my stepmom and my brother and sister came. So that was nice. And then, and I did, good news is I did get a $500 certificate for uh, That's what's being up. in the competition. That's what's yep. up. Yes, Let me spin nice. this yes, thing. <laughs> Let me yes, spin so. this thing. I ain't got no bills. I ain't got no kids. Take me exactly. to GameStop, God dog it. But I think that was going to go toward the college tuition. I don't even think that was going to be like spending money and things like right, that. Right, it's always a catch. Be, it's always oh, yeah, a catch. But, but that. So, yeah, I had a great experience with that, too. So it just basically, uh, you know, taught me a lot of things. It taught me about timing. It taught me about organization and things and things of that matter. So I, I, it was really a fun experience, too. And I met a lot of different people there, too. And then it's going to teach you a lot about execution, too. So okay. basically, you have to cook the things that's going to take the longest and then take care of the, uh, the stuff next that's going to take the shortest. That's how you do things in the kitchen. And then okay. also, too, I always remember this. A clean kitchen is a happy kitchen. So you, yes. it also taught me how to clean as I go, too. Right, right. I, I, I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand. So, um, yes. what's your signature dish? So, yeah, so my signature dish is uh, risotto, which is a, a cream rice. Okay. And also grilled salmon and asparagus. That's my uh, signature dish. A lot. What's the difference from cooking risotto and making rice? Okay, so the difference is, okay, but rice, you just basically, you can um, saute your vegetables that you want to add in there. Sometimes I might do uh, onions and garlic, saute that, and then add my rice in there. Toast that up a little, then you add your liquid over there. So rather you want to use um, uh, chicken broth or vegetable broth, you can definitely do that. And then put a bay leaf in there for that extra flavor and let it cook. That's regular rice. Then our risotto is the cream rice. That's the only difference. So you can still saute your onion and garlic, and you can saute that in olive oil, too. And then you want to get some arborio rice. So that's the short grain rice, and it don't take that long to cook. So then you, to you toast that into your onion and garlic. 
And then also, that's when you start adding your chicken stock up in there, too. So once you add your chicken stock, mix it up. And then you want to just keep on adding chicken stock until your rice is tender and, and cream. So once it's tender, then that's when you can either add some cheese up in there. So I can, I, can, I would recommend uh, Parmesan cheese, or you could also use uh, a yellow cheddar cheese, white cheddar cheese up okay. in there. Okay, so that's actually you, the cream component of exactly, the risotto. Exactly, the cream component of it. And then you just put your seasons in there last. I, my favorite season is, is, is sea salt. I love sea salt. Yeah, it's good for salt. you, too. Yeah, see, I the eye salt, that's the bad salt, too. And then you notice every time you go in the, into um, a grocery store, you'll see the eye eye salt is 50 cents. And then when you see the sea salt, it's probably a dollar and thirty cent. Always get, always get the one that costs the, the most because that's the better one for you. And then I also like using black pepper, and then I also like using uh, garlic powder, onion powder, and parsley. Parsley is just normally for color, and I like paprika for the color too. So those are seasonings I would recommend. And then definitely, if you're a seafood person, Old Bay seasoning is good. It definitely is. Oh yeah. And you can find it at any other any store. Like Walmart has it, Jewels has it. You could check out um, Whole Foods or Mariano's. They had those seasonings there. Okay. Yes. So that is one of my favorite things to make risotto. Even though it takes some time though, but it's worth it at the end of the day. When you when you taste it and you get all that flavor, you're good. Okay. So like if somebody wanted to cater, um, mm -hmm. how much should they charge like for a pan or a plates or you know mm -hmm. what what's the best way to go about it sell plates so, or sell pans okay see i want to see okay now first things first the, to get your catering business out there i would start off with plates first let's just you know do a taste test see what people think about this if they like it from the place then that's when you from the place that then that's when you can move up to serving it in pans and it depends right. on what you sell build too. your clientele like mm-hmm because if you do like, let's say for instance, you do a large pasta salad, you may, you probably may want to charge somebody 20 bucks for a medium pan. Or if you want to do a large pan, maybe 30 to $40, depends on what you put in there. Or if you may want to do like a pan of jambalaya, that'll cost more because it's seafood added in there. And seafood is a lot of money too. Yeah, it's so an expensive ingredient. So they might $60 for a large pan of jambalaya. It depends. Right. So basically, it depends on what you sell and the, and the amount that you're planning to uh, sell, too. Okay, so you definitely recommend a trade as a career, right? Yes. Okay, I, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with that because if you have a skill, you could pay for college if you decide to go back as opposed to on, you know, the, the system. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? Yes. So, and like... Yes. Like a lot of people, they don't catch on to that. Yeah, okay, you're a doctor. Yeah, okay, this, that, mm -hmm. and the other. But you're going to be paying forever, you know. That, that's it. But that's why I strongly recommend for anybody just to look at the scholarship opportunities. That's, and that's what I try to encourage young people to do, too. You know, just always look at look out for scholarship opportunities. Always go to school and get all A's and B's because you could definitely get you an academic scholarship to where you don't have to pay these schools anything. So that's why I would definitely recommend scholarships. Right. Because to this day, I'm still paying back uh, student loans. So it's definitely good to, oh, you know, wow. definitely look at the scholarships. So that way, the more money you earn, then the less you have to pay back. Right. So mm -hmm. is there any thing that you want to leave the listeners today on Rodders Live, Ashley, a.k.a. A-plus, the chef. Yes. 
So if you're interested in becoming a chef, I always remember it takes hard work, it takes dedication, and it takes a lot of resiliency and also a lot of uh, research too. So basically it starts off at home. So if you're thinking about cooking, just start cooking at home. So rather you look up different recipes online, whether you just buy a cookbook or whether you learn from your relatives, that's fine to just start doing that at home. And then also too, like I mentioned earlier, just have a book with you, writing down what you put, well, what, did, what did you put in this dish that you put less seasoning, that you put mo more seasoning in it, just to kind of write, take notes as you can. And then also, like I said in the beginning, don't be afraid to make mistakes. If it don't turn out right the first time, try it again the second time. But learn from the first mistake too, so that way you don't try to do, so that way you don't waste your food again the second time. And then definitely just, it, it's gonna take a lot of dedication. You have to show these chefs that you want it, because one thing you don't wanna do is um, waste anyone's time. So that definitely that, and also just be resilient. No matter what you go through, still just uh, push yourself to uh, be the best. And then also a lot of research I was mentioning too. So basically just research different um, uh, cuisines and origins. Where did they come from? What, what ingredients they normally put in, in, in this uh, type of dish, things like that. And also just educate yourself. So basically look at the cooking shows. The chefs will teach you word by word what they do and then what they can do to make it better. And then also too, um, yeah, just definitely, just just the, the most important thing is passion. You have to be passionate. Don't tell the chef I'm doing this as a hobby. They're gonna look at you like something is wrong because they don't want to hear a hobby. They want to hear that you are passionate. You're doing this, this as a hobby. You're wasting my motherfucking time. Exactly. Yes, that's what they do. Yes. <laughs> don't do that. Just tell. Let them know that this that hey. You know, this is this is my passion. I always have goals. And like, whether do you want to open up your own restaurant, rather you want to open up your own food truck or start your own catering business, or do you want to sell your own products in stores too? Kind of have that thought in mind on what you want to do outside of cooking. Because like I said, cooking could take Merchandising you is good, yes. Mm, I'm sorry, say that again? Merchandising. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, because I just found that on, on local channel. That comes on. That's another channel with. Uh, that's another channel seven network. So it was this uh, brother. He just came out with his own uh, bread company. He's the first ever black bread owner. So, but mostly the breads that we see now is owned by a uh, white by um by Caucasian people. So he's the first. He made history. He's the first brother. Him and his two friends had their own bread company out. It's probably so gluten free too, ain't it? I, it, I, I'm that I'm not for sure about, but I do know that he has either white bread or wheat bread. So he and it just and he just released it this year. And oh, that's also, so sad. We have a young lady; she has her own barbecue sauce now sold in stores. It's gluten. I do know hers is gluten free. A uh, oh, young okay. girl too, probably like in her teens. That's and also too, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out here. Like you have uh, restaurants. I heard they just saved Miss Biscuit. Never heard of the restaurant, but I heard that. It was saved and and then they still doing well too. And so it's a lot of great, and it also too, I would definitely uh, patronize to Chicago style chicken and waffles, black owned company. Oh yeah, so, which yeah. which um location, the one on uh, Madison or the one over in Bronzeville? Over in Bronzeville. So that's the only yes. one I'm familiar with, the one in Bronzeville. Yeah, that's I would good. check out the Unjoyce. That's normally what I get, the Unjoyce. So they have, Me too. that comes with waffles, uh, one waffle, and it comes with fried chicken, and then it comes with uh, grits, and it comes with eggs. So yes, I that's what I that. get. That's what I get. Mm -hmm. I always, well, I usually go there sometimes in the morning, you know, before I yes. go hustle. I go stop at that, at that 
restaurant and get the Aunt Joyce when I'm over east on the low end. So mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. I always want to ask somebody this. Now, we okay. ain't talking about, like, Burger King. Okay, Burger King, White Castle, McDonald's, Taco Bell, any of all those places are exempt. So, you know, we just going to close it out with this. What is a restaurant establishment where you will know that a person is not too interested in you by them taking you out to eat for a date? So, example like TGI Fridays, Chili's, Applebee's, stuff like that. Those are the examples I'm going with. So, how would you know somebody not interested in you by why <laughs> yes, by them taking you out on a date? So, if they're not interested in you, they'll probably take you to a Maxwell, probably. <laughs> oh wow, that's considered fast food. That don't yeah, count. That... that don't count. I'm talking about like a oh. sit down spot. Uh, okay, sit down spot. Let's see. Um, that's a tough one because I know TGI Fridays and Chili's. Those are nice sit down restaurants. I do like the environment. That is some of my favorite restaurants. So let's see, because that's a difficult question. But yeah, because if anything, you know, you could get the appetizers, and you know they gonna bang, and you gonna get the talk, and maybe have a couple of drinks or something. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But, but definitely a uh, chili. So they known for the appetizers. I love their spinach dip. And I also love their uh, Texas cheese fries, too. Check that out there. Shout out to Chili's. Oh, and okay. also, I love that. I think, I, I think they still have it to this day. I think it's a two for 35. So you get an appetizer. Then you, sh then you get two entrees. And then you get a dessert. Definitely check out their molten lava cake. It is so good, too. Yeah, it is good. I, mm -hmm. I, do, I do like the lava cake. Um, I, I'm a, I fuck with they fajitas, the combination of fajitas. I, oh yeah, yeah, fajitas. I, like I had those. that once too. Yeah. And then also they uh they hand they hamburgers are good there too. Man, I'm so motherfucking hungry right now. I'm I am hungry <laughs> like oh, I'm gonna go get something to eat. But <laughs> Ashley, thank you for coming on Riders Live. Is there anything that you want to say to wrap before we wrap this up? Yeah, so again, thank you so much for interviewing me today. It meant a lot. I appreciate the support. And again, congratulations on your podcast. And I, and I wish you more blessings in the future. Thank you. So that's Ashley, a.k.a. A-plus on Riders Live. We are out of here. All righty. Let's get into this part of the segment where we get into the West Poppin' Artist of the Day, Miss Melody with Phenomenal Woman featuring Badia. Let's get it, y'all. Phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. 
I walk into a room just as cool as you please Until a man that fellow stand or fall down on their knees Then they swarm around me, I have a honeybees But the eyes of every woman's on me I'm noticing a trend, I see that sisters get to hating When another sister is all up on the A-game Wait a minute, sister, if we're supposed to be on the same team Then why are you calling her outside of her name? Could it be that we've been programmed by TV programs To be needy competing for men that don't know us Or even less than that don't even love us Or are we just, just with chips on our shoulders? I'm not a dog, but we've got a dogma That it's a doggy dog world, eat proper Seize the just heat to this feature conscious Godliness and that'll be the practice that you digest Phenomenal. I hope they cause a ripple effect like a domino. Vominos, let's turn the heat up. Degrees up. Graduate from A B to sing yourself as a queen love. Like Aretha, respect is demanded. I'm salty plus I light up a room like a landed in your panoramic view. Watch this go boom like a cannon. And a prize for the wise, no fool could understand it. That was Miss Melody with Phenomenal featuring Badia. That song is available on all streaming platforms. Y'all make sure y'all go ahead and cop that. Real hip hop, y'all. If you would like to have your music played on Riders Live, just email bookingriders at gmail.com. That's booking, R O D E S, 
at gmail.com or submit through the booking form via our website, which is www.rodesonline.net via the booking form. If you would like to be the worst popping artist of the day, or if you would like to be interviewed, or if you would like ad space, submit via the booking form on ridersonline.net. Alright? If you would like to make a donation to the show, just cash at Riders T20. That's dollar sign R O D E S T20. Alright? An all new hair experience. Never pay full price for hair again. MyHairDepot.com. You can email them directly at info at hairdepot.com or contact them at 312-696-9442. That's MyHairDepot.com. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of Riders Live. I'd like to thank Chef Ashley for coming through. I hope anybody that's thinking about pursuing a career as a chef or pursuing a trade as an alternate form of learning or career path could appreciate this episode. Like I mentioned before, I'm hungrier than a hostage right now. Uncle Goose is about to come through with Best Answer. It's available on all streaming platforms. We're about to close out the rest of the show. I want to say happy holidays, happy Easter. Everybody be safe out there. I appreciate y'all rocking with Riders Live. Thank you. Enjoy y'all weekend, y'all. Yo, I ain't want to do it. Damn, it this shit exclusive. But they making me do it, man. Glass City Legend, 40 plus. Let's go. They say you 40 years old, coach, and you still rapping. I say I ain't trying to be famous, I just love the craft. I say you 40 years old, and you still live at home. And you don't pay your child support, and you ain't good at math. That's another topic. But let's get back to why I really still do it. It's because my skill level was in the highest 10%. And why is rap the only music with an age limit to it? That's the bullshit. I had to make my own way, but I stay respected. When I need an aid and assistance, I stay neglected. My gun caliber is the same as my age, so I stay protected. What you call respect is the boundary. Don't you overstep it. See, it's enough for us all. It's how you play the game, but you think like a worker. I'm a boss. We are not the same. You cool being the one standing in line to get your pay but i'm trying to be the one to say who i make this check out to the day so if you see me i'm burning money and you're raising hell and start to smell gorilla glue you know a nigga blazing well but these niggas couldn't smoke with me even if i lied it for him and these niggas couldn't rap with me even if i write it for him so it's really hood i ain't saying i'm the best i'm top two and my daddy ain't feeling good and in this game i hunt everybody i just test positive for covid 19 and i pass the blunt to everybody this lady tripping about how i'm wearing in my mask, so I start coughing and cussing as she start to walk past. Hell, but maybe spazzing out on her wasn't the best answer. But I had to get it off my chest. Breast cancer, not paying me for a feature is kinda like throwing bands up in the strip club without tipping the best dancer. And any questions about saving the game, ask the doctors and professors, and they all say I'm the best answer. Bars.